Good morning and welcome to Morning Meditations, a five to ten minute meditation to get you thinking about what God might have for you in this new day. I'm your host, Pastor Nate Cook, so we hope you'll enjoy your meditation for this morning. Hey, this is Pastor Nate, and this is your morning meditation. It is Wednesday, December the 2nd, 2020. So today we're reading from Jeremiah 29, verses 10 through 14. This is what the Lord says, When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and places where I have banished you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile. So Scott Daniels is going to deal with us a little bit today about this passage, this very famous passage, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. And it's one of the passages that's probably most quoted and often taken out of context. And Scott Daniels will talk a little bit about this. I've talked a little bit about this as well. Uh, We pastors love it when scripture is kept in its context because it, it gives us even a deeper meaning maybe than the meaning that we often ascribe to it. So Scott Daniels says this today, I started working with college students about 25 years ago, and the one thing I learned in those 25 years is that college students love Jeremiah 29:11. I'm convinced that God declaring his pro- has I'm convinced that God declaring he has prosperous plans for our future is every Christian college student's favorite Bible promise. God will get them the perfect spouse, the perfect job, the perfect living location all prepared, and it will all be waiting for them. Of course, few people pay attention to Jeremiah 29.10. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my promise to bring you back to this place. 70 years! 70 years, God says. He'll get the plans in 70 years. Verse 10 never makes it on the t-shirts. I sometimes teasingly tell my students that God's promises to get around to fulfilling those prosperous plans by the time they're 92 or 93. So what do we do with God's delay? What do we do when Jeremiah says, with what Jeremiah says, we hope we also learn patience. In the patient ferment of the early church, Alan Kreider argues that surprisingly, during the first three centuries of Christianity, there were very few sermons, letters, or tracts written about evangelism, or what we would think of today as church growth. However, there were lots of sermons, letters, and tracts written about developing the virtue of patience. 
In discussing the writings of the early church father Tertullian, Kreider writes, According to Tertullian, impatient actions do not produce what they promise. Instead, impatient actions make things worse, bringing about massive misfortunes. Patience, on the other hand, brings new possibilities. Patience is the source of the practices of peace, which bring reconciliation week by week. Patience brings new possibilities. Jeremiah 29 is likely written around the same time as yesterday's text, Isaiah 40. The Judeans and exiles don't have to wait, didn't have to wait patiently for all 70 years of the Babylonians' reign to be over. They only had to wait about 40 years or so. 40 is an important number in Scripture. It rains on the earth in the Noah story for 40 days. Moses spends 40 days up on Mount Sinai receiving the Torah. The people wander in the post-Egyptian wilderness for 40 years. And of course, Jesus spends 40 days in the desert being tempted by Satan to define the kingdom by some other way than the cross. In the Bible, 40 is a number that signifies a time when significant transformation happens. No one comes out of God's 40 the same as they went in. Hope allows people not just to endure life moments of 40, awaiting the glorious future, but also to patiently receive the transformation that happens in the God-filled meantime. So when I talk to people about this verse, Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11, I, I often say that we need to make sure we keep it in its context because what tends to happen is we just read verse 11 and we don't read verse 10, which says when 70 years are completed, and Scott Daniels would say that, that when this is being written, there's like 40 years left um, when, when that time period is completed. So what we tend to do with this verse 2911, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, is we just turn it into the American dream, which says just, you know, I get what I want. I want it all and I want it now, as Queen sang. It, we turn this verse about God um, having plans down the road after the waiting into this American dream where we just get all the great things of God right here and right now as soon as we pray and as soon as we ask for them. And, and there's something about that that leaves it hollow. Uh, because what we realize is that often in our lives, uh, we don't see things instantaneously. But what the hope in this passage is, is that as we wait, and as we patiently wait on God, there, there's something about that waiting and that patience and that trust that actually transforms us in the process. So that when the good things of God come, we are ready to receive them and we have a whole new appreciation for them. We see in Scripture people waiting on things that even go beyond their lifetime. Like when Abraham and Isaac and Jacob never really, and Joseph even, never got to see the promised land. Um, they, they looked towards it. And so Scott Daniels joke with his students about, yeah, when you're 90-something, the 70 years will be over. Uh, it, it may not be completely true, but it is true that God's good plans do not work on our timeline. And that often we live in this culture where we can get things as quickly as we want them. I can get off of this podcast today 
and I can click on Amazon and something can be here tomorrow or the next day. That doesn't take any patience. But what takes patience is when we wait upon the Lord and we hope in the Lord, even as we wait for God to fulfill those promises to bring us a hope in the future and good plans, uh, the good plans that God has for us. And so today I hope that you will read this scripture that's very familiar. It's all on people's houses and on t-shirts, um, that you'll read it in a whole new light, realizing that it's not an instantaneous kind of blessing passage that God is just going to give you everything you want today, that, that the people were in there, they were at rock bottom, as we talked about on Sunday. And in the midst of that, God promises that the plans he has for them are good. And that if they'll just hold on and they'll wait and they'll be patient, um, that they will see those good plans come to fruition. And when they seek God, they will find him when they seek him with their whole heart. So today, let's learn during this Advent season to be okay in the waiting, to learn patience, which Scott Daniels points us to. The early church talked more about than even things that we think of like church growth and evangelism. Let's learn this virtue of patience. Trusting that God will bring us what we need when we need it. Hey, that's just a thought for this morning, and I hope you have a great day. Well, thanks again for joining us for this morning meditation. Hey, do us a favor. Rate us on iTunes or even leave some feedback about our podcast so that other listeners can know how much you enjoy your morning meditations. Hey, have a great day.